0: You're listening to Saluki Stories, the oral histories podcast from SIU's Morris Library. Saluki Stories features alumni experiences from the 1960s all the way up to recent graduates, detailing every aspect of being a Saluki from the past to the present. Go dogs. What would you tell an undergraduate today? Uh, based on your knowledge and your knowledge of SIU, um, what what sort of advice would you give
1: them? Yeah, that's, um, and you know, when you're a teacher, you end up answering that question over many, many, many years. But I think, I think I've been pretty consistent in answering that kind of a question and that's be true to yourself. Be, you know, figure out who you are, what you're good at, what you're not good at perhaps, but be true to yourself, figure out what it really is that you like to do, what you're good at doing, and then do those two things.
0: Hello, I'm John Pollitz, Dean of Library Affairs at Southern Illinois University Carbondale, and your host for Saluki Stories. Today, we're following up with part two of Joe Wilkinson's episode. Joe was a member of ROTC during his time on campus and worked for Don Mitchell as a radio announcer. In this week's episode, we will follow Joe's travels post-graduation and into retirement. From Alaska to Europe to touring all over the US to promote his book, Gates of the Arctic National Park, 12 Years of Wilderness Exploration now available for purchase on Amazon. Let's dive right in. So, the other thing I was wondering about is, you know, sort of how SIU prepared you for your life. Did did this these teachers have an influence on your
1: teaching? Oh, Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. They did prepare me for life. Let's see. I um, uh, uh, graduated in August. Uh, I think I went on active duty literally within about four weeks of of that and um, went through all kinds of uh, survival training. Um, uh, Gene and I were married the next June of 1966. Then four months after that, uh, I went to Vietnam for 13 months. and They sent me on Arctic Wilderness Survival, they sent me to a location up in Alaska that uh, was not then a, a national park, but uh, but in 1980 it became Gates of the Arctic National Park. So the the uh, the folks in the um, uh, in the park up there, the National Park Service people, they say, "Hey Wilkins, you're a lot older than this park itself," and yeah, you know, there's <laughs> some truth to that.
0: <laughs> oh, that's great! I didn't know that, so it all yeah, comes so- around, doesn't
1: it? So I started. I started going into that territory uh, in 1966, really? and um, and I've, I've been going up there ever since. And uh, recently wrote um, uh, the um, first book that's ever been written about it. And um, it's the uh, largest, second largest national park in the United States, and it's about the size of Switzerland, and it's all primeval wilderness. Magnificent. Oh
0: my.
1: yeah yeah.
0: You know, you must have
1: fallen in love with it when you were in the absolutely. In the Air Force? absolutely. Absolutely did. I fell, uh, fell in love with it completely. And over the years, I would get up there uh, periodically. Then when I uh, retired from um, uh, the University of Illinois at Springfield, May 2003, so it's a little over 17 years ago, I retired. Some of the best advice that I received from my uh, retirement counselor over at Champaign, uh, she said, okay, my last piece of advice is spend the first year of your retirement just simply saying no to everything. If you figure out what you want to do and maybe think back what you thought you might want to do when you were much younger. Well, I did that. And I remembered this area up there, which was now gates of the Arctic national park. So, um, uh, I took off and uh, went up there kind of knocked on their door, which is their door is not even in the park. There's, it's over in a little town of Bettles. Anyway, I, uh, Got to know some of these people. I said, hey, would you like to have a volunteer? So they uh, said, yeah, we need a, um, a backcountry uh, patroller volunteer, and we need somebody to be a mentor and a, and a trainer for our young, you know, the young, tough people who were their park rangers. So I ended up doing that for a whole bunch of years. Really? And, uh, yeah, their first two weeks in the wilderness when they were completely out there hundreds of miles away from anybody else, they got me. So, uh, uh, I had two orders. Keep them alive. Teach them enough to stay alive when you're not there. So, that's what I did. So, consequently, I now have this whole network of uh, park rangers now scattered all across Alaska. And gosh, they were some of the most fabulous uh, young people Uh, that you know you can just imagine I stay in close touch with them and over this Veterans Day and stuff we several of us all all talk together I always called them my honorary grandkids and (laughs) it could well be true yeah but it it was a fabulous experience and again SIU got me started. Yeah
0: wow and so tell me a little bit about flying up in Alaska. It sounds very dangerous.
1: It's, uh, it's challenging. It's challenging. The, the weather conditions in Alaska are, uh, they can change dramatically, literally within minutes. It takes just a, uh, uh, a cloud going across the uh, sun, a change in the uh, uh, direction of the uh, wind, and at any time of the year, it can drop Fifty degrees easily in a matter of minutes. It's uh, I've I've been snowed on in every month of the year in Alaska. Actually, in 1975, I believe in January February, I was up there and I was just in this little town of Bettles, which is where the uh, headquarters of yeah. the uh, Park Service Ranger Station is uh, is located. And uh, it was the lowest recorded temperature in history there. It was 72 degrees below zero Fahrenheit. Oh my! So God. it was it was chilly.
0: Yeah! Holy cow! That's unbelievable. I, sure. I had a I had a colleague who uh, who was a librarian up at at in Fairbanks. Oh and yeah. We wrote together, and so let's see. I was yeah. I was in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. And I said, "Oh man, it's oh sure, cold. it's really cold." And she, yeah. I said, "It's about ten degrees," and she said, "Well, it's about seventeen below
1: here." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. well I, um, you librarians have a, a good, uh, have, have a good network. If, of course, you know uh, my wife. you have known her for many years. And uh, Jean, uh, a few years ago, she came up after I did all of this silly stuff out in the wilderness with the uh, Park Service. She flew up and then drove back with me. We we spent about a month just driving back. Really, and she got together with some of your uh, library colleagues up there, I and. Bet <laughs> And, uh, I, I, and I, I need to uh, point out also, we, um, uh, we mentioned briefly the book, and I wrote this uh, book, which in, it literally instantly became an Amazon bestseller, Gates of the Arctic National Park, 12 Years of Wilderness Exploration. However, um, uh, even though I dedicated it to her, her, Jean's involvement with that was a whole bunch more. Uh, uh, she, was the, uh, she was the brains behind it. She was the drive behind it. And she was the editor of the book. Really? So, yeah, um, so, uh, you yeah, uh, librarians uh, have influenced my life a great deal. In I'm all so positive ways. I'll bet. I'll bet. But, um, gosh, Gene and I, uh, uh, when the book came out, we literally traveled over a good part of the United States. I had uh, interviews on well, every, every major uh, TV station in Chicago and Dallas, kind of all over. Yeah. And it's so much fun. People like to talk about Alaska. Even if, they, if they've never been there, maybe never go there, but they like to talk about it. Yeah. Well,
0: now, so... There was one more. Oh, there's a couple more things I wanted to ask you. It sounded fascinating to me. Uh-huh. Tell me a little bit about your life in Europe and, or on the, uh, the, 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 the uh, Camino de
1: Santiago. Uh-huh. De yeah. El Camino de Santiago de Compostela. Yeah.
0: How did that come about?
1: Yeah. I, uh, something I always wanted to do again, uh, after I retired, um, I, uh, I was in good shape. Um, Gene and I, um, uh, Uh, We both love to travel. I told her that that's something I was interested in doing, and Jean, as always, was just extremely supportive of it. Again, having your own research librarian right at home, we (laughs) spent about a year going through uh, all of the materials on it, figuring out all the different routes, and uh, we decided to uh, take out a time to do it. And uh, I I grabbed my backpack, took off to uh, Europe, and uh, started in Lourdes, France and uh, went through three branches of the uh, Pyrenees and uh, uh, ended up over in um, uh, Santiago, uh, Spain. And um, it was almost 700 miles that I walked. Now, the, 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 the thing, and what we would do was I would talk with Jean um, uh, at the end of the day. So There's cell phone coverage over most of that, so um, Jean and I'd be talking, we'd figure and she'd say, okay, you're located here. How far do you want to go tomorrow? And We'd start, we'd figure that out, and then um, uh, she would make the um, arrangements for me, and I must admit, uh, I stayed every night in a uh, in a hotel. I didn't I didn't sleep in a tent. Yeah, yeah, So I, I had, a, had a a good a good meal each night, and I had a good breakfast the next morning. And okay. then I'd I'd walk a little over thirty miles each day. And I suppose that's I mean, you know, that's what the pilgrims always have done. Is absolutely
0: yeah, like a hotel.
1: Yeah, there, uh, there are, um, uh, uh, what, a thousand years, nearly 2,000 years of history there. And um, uh, gosh, there, there are at least a, a dozen movies, some of which are very good. There are just an infinite number of books and things. So Gina yeah. and I read so much about this, and we learned so much about it. And gosh, it was a, just a wonderful experience. Oh, that's amazing. How nice! That's and so you nice. meet so many people. I just I did it all by myself, and yeah. you meet all of these people. Actually, I met one Vietnam veteran, but really, he was from Australia. Ah, I, I, right. I started. Uh, I started um, um, uh, in. Um, let's see. Uh, early May, I guess, and it walked until just about July, I think, something of that sort. Yeah. And um, and it was before the Americans were there. So I saw, you know, like in, for this nearly 700 miles, I think I saw two Americans.
0: Really? Yeah. Huh. Huh.
1: But it's, 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 it's but you it's, ran into an Australian vet. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Cool. That's really fun. It was funny. You saw my, you saw my cap. he said, you're a Vietnam vet. I said, yeah. And he said, I am too. I'm from wherever Melbourne or something. Yeah, yeah. And uh, anyway, you meet all kinds of just interesting people. You get to know them intensely for an hour, two hours, maybe a day and you never see them again, but yeah. you exchange all of these wonderful conversations, just personal, intense it's a great experience. I recommend it for everybody. It yeah, doesn't have to have anything to do with religion whatsoever. It's just people. Yeah,
0: yeah. Oh, that's fascinating. I was wondering about that. Now, you've spent, what, 40 years teaching?
1: Uh, yeah, a little less than that. I think it was 30-something, yeah. 30-some years teaching. Um, so
0: you've dealt with students your whole life
1: yeah i have in this country and with literally across europe a lot in a lot of schools over there i guess lectured and did you know stuff like that for guest lecturing uh for over 20 years a month a month at a time once six months at a time yeah and you were in freiburg right
0: in freiburg yep what why that is amazing that's an amazing place, isn't it?
1: I love Freiburg. Golly. Gene uh, Jean, Jean and I actually have talked semi-seriously a few times about, gee, maybe we really should get a place there. We both just loved it.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: I did, uh, I did um, uh, lecture a little bit up at the Sorbonne in Paris and at Oxford, over uh, in Oxford several times and Uppsala University up in Sweden yeah. uh, one time. Uh, so it was, uh, I taught stuff that was esoteric enough that they people would always like to have a guest lecturer come in and, you know, change things up a little bit. So it was fun. I love teaching. I love students. Yeah.
0: So is there, is there anything else you'd like to, to mention or to
1: talk about Again, my high school English teacher. Um, she was the one who kind of discovered me. Thought I had some promise. Got me up to SIU, and uh, uh, and I always made it a point to go back and try to embarrass her as much as I could <laughs> when I was when I was a, a professor, and I and I did. So help me, every year that I taught, most most courses that I taught, I talked about Mrs. Glover, and how Mrs. Glover changed my life, and uh, and how she did that was get me into SIU, and all of the wonderful people there, all of the wonderful opportunities to learn, to study, and to grow, and that's what SIU did for me, and that's what I, uh, that's why I, I guess I enjoy being a, a school teacher all of those years. I, uh, that I found it exciting to be able to really kind of reach out and touch people's lives. And, um, Oh, you know, uh, recently, well, since the election, one of, um, one of, um, my students, uh, from, uh, U of I, the, um, called me, uh, actually the day of the election. And he said, um, and I had not, um, Talk to him probably in 25 years, maybe more, but he now lives out in the Seattle area and a guy named Brian. And Brian uh, calls me and he said, hey, uh, I just want you to know that I remember that in one of your uh, courses on executive leadership, you used an example of an individual named Joe Biden. And he said, that always made an impression on me. I, I was always careful to be uh, balance the political parties. I would talk about John McCain. i talk about uh, Joe Biden. But he remembered Joe Biden. And he said that your comments, you know, 25-plus years ago were so prescient. So he dug up. I have no idea how he found my phone number. But he called me from Seattle and just to tell me how much he appreciated that. You know, that's kind of the repayment of being a teacher. Yeah. Yeah, that must have done your heart good. Oh, you know
0: that, it brought tears to my eyes. I bet.
1: yeah, yeah.
0: Well, that's wonderful. Yeah. Well, well Joe, uh, thank you for, for talking with me. Thank you for being so giving of your time and
1: your stories and, and interest. Oh, I, 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 John, I can't tell you how much I enjoyed this. I've been looking forward to it. This good, is great. Me too, me too.
0: I, I'm gonna go, I tell you, I'm gonna work on that screenplay. Okay, absolutely.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. All right, Joe. You and I may be the only people to go to it, but what the heck. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Anyway, um, thank you again. I will be in touch because I do want to. Thank you so much for joining us today. And we hope you all will listen in next week to more Saluki Stories. This has been John Pollitz, Dean of Library Affairs at Southern Illinois University Carbondale and your host for Saluki Stories. Our production would not have been made possible without the contributions of Assistant Professor of Practice, Jennifer Pape, Student Editor Producer, Mallory Andre, and our music production team of Austin Davis and Dakota Holden. Go dogs!